You want God to, to be bigger in your life? The Bible says if God will increase, you must what? Decrease. There's a price. And the price is discipleship. The price is the cross. The price of discipleship is the cross. Tonight, we're going to be in the book of Mark. We're going to be, we're not going to be here for too long. Just four points for tonight. But the message is about surrender. It's about discipleship. It's in Mark chapter 10. Verses 17 to 31. But before we dive into it, let's open it in a word of prayer, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for this time that we can gather your word, Lord. Father, thank you that you're the same God that still cares about souls, Father. That's thinking about Ethiopia and now in Porcupine Plains, Saskatchewan, Lord. And also here in in Surrey, Father. Father, your heart's desire has not changed. Your heartbeat is still souls, Lord. And Lord, I ask, as we gather around your word, that you would help us to eat, digest, assimilate, Lord, what you have for us today, to change our lives, Lord, for you, Lord. Father, meet with us tonight, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark chapter 10. Uh, starting at verse 17, I'm just going to read through it uh, up to verse 31. But the Bible says, in, starting in verse 17, And when he was gone forth into the way, Jesus, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and he went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, Children, how hard it is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they, the disciples, were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be safe? And Jesus looked upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. So we see here in the story a young man that has riches, Coming up to Jesus saying, what, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus listed out the commandments, the laws. And, and he said, all these have I observed from my youth. All the laws that you just mentioned, 
I've, I've tried observing them. He understood the law of God, but look at verse 21. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. So you can see the love of God and say unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. He came to Jesus with, by saying, you know what? I have observed the law of God. But you know what? He rejected the love of God because Jesus beholding him loved him. Not only he rejected the love of God, but he rejected the grace of God. Selling whatever you have, it's not there. Giving to the poor, it's not, you're not, it's not a law. It's an option. It's a decision. So that's with come, taking up the cross, and following him. It's not a law. There's no such law that says, you know what, Christian? You have to, you have to come, take up your cross, and follow me in order for you to be saved. It's not a law. It is an option. And today I want to look into this topic of discipleship. Do you know that there's a difference between a follower and a disciple? Think with me with the life of Christ, how he ministered with his life three and a half years. And you think about the thousands of people that followed him. But why is it in the book of Acts we only find 120 disciples? You see, followers follow Christ because of the miracles, what they get out of it. But the disciples have gotten to the point of surrender, to the point of Romans 12, 1 and 2, just saying, you know what, Lord? We're going to come, we're going to take up our cross, and we're going to follow you. The multitudes, the followers, did not understand that. They just enjoyed the blessings and benefits of being with Christ, saying, ah, oh, I'm with Christ, I'm with him. But then where, where were you in the book of Acts? No, no, no. They have taken a step back, and you're going to see that too. The disciples, some of the disciples taken a step back to where Jesus even asked his own disciples, saying, will you also turn away? You see, there's a difference between a follower and a disciple. So we continue to read on. Now we find the young man, but we continue to read on in the passage, and we're going to find ourselves in verse 28. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. So Peter is trying to say, okay, that young man didn't want to do just that. But you know what, Christ? We have left all and followed thee. So what, try, what Peter is trying to say is, okay, Lord, maybe that young man didn't want that, but we wanted you. We left all to follow thee. So, Lord, what do we get out of it? What does, that, what does it mean to be a disciple? Continue reading on, verse 29. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels. But he shall receive an hundredfold. Now in this time... Houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions, and in the world to come eternal life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last first. Tonight we want to talk about discipleship. The price for discipleship, the price of discipleship, the promise of discipleship, 
the pattern of discipleship and the plea of discipleship. But consider with me the first one, which is the price of discipleship. The Lord made mention of it, and he said, Come, take up the cross, and follow me. Peter also said, Lo, we have left all and have followed thee. Have you come to this sweet place of surrender? In Romans 12, chapter, chapter 12, and verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. In the book of Matthew, Jesus also told them the same thing, to where he said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Do you know that when you get saved, you ask Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior? Now, when you enter into the family of God, it's, it's the same as entering into or having a physical birth. Growing spiritually, you can understand that by growing physically. But when one is born into the world physically, like our, ch our child cast in there, she's just tiny and doesn't know everything right away. She's just a child, so it takes a while for her to, to grow up and to be able to understand. But when we get saved, it's the same thing. There's so much in the scriptures that we're not going to be able to understand as we enter into the family of God. When we're born into the family of God, what happens is you become a new babe in Christ, right? But when we get saved, Christ becomes our Lord and Savior. But I just want to talk about the Lord and Savior. As newborn babes, we understand that Christ is our Savior. But then it takes a while for us to get to the point that He is our Lord. It takes a while. It took me a while to get to the point that, Lord, I am just done with this life. I just want to serve you. And it's the same truth with physically. You, you just don't make that decision right away. It, to theologically, when you get saved, He becomes your Lord and Savior. But practically, it takes a while because you need to grow and be able to understand the scriptures. Am I making sense or am I blurry here a little bit? <laughs> but what I'm trying to say here is the Lord did not just save us and just be happy with that. What I'm trying to say is the Lord saved us for a reason. And the Lord doesn't want us to be just become a follower. He is looking for disciples that he can use for his honor and glory. But the price of discipleship is the cross. Come, take up the cross, and follow me. In that same verse in Matthew 16, 25, it says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. Do you know that God wants to use you? Do you know that God has a plan for your life? like how he had a plan for Miss Roman's life. But in order for God to be able to accomplish that plan, he had to have Miss Roman's permission. Miss Roman had to get to the point of surrender, of saying, Lord, 
Here am I. Use me. I remember when I made that decision. 2013, before going to, going to college, I was sitting all the way back there. There was a preacher by the name of Pastor Schreiber. I can't remember what he preached. But I, I do remember what, the decision that I made. And I got to the point of, you know what? I want to be a medical student. I did two or three years of pharmacy in the Philippines. All I wanted to do is to become a surgeon. Because you know what? I'm good with math. I love science. And all I can do is just make the drug, dispense it, off we go, and get my money out of it. But the Lord just showed the, the value of that. So, Carl, are you serious? Do you want to do something like that? I actually applied for UBC, but with all the paperwork and all, I wasn't able to, to get through it. And looking back, I just, I just think it's the Lord just saying, no, I got you covered. But I got to the point that, you know what, Lord, I don't know how, my, how many years I have left. I, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But you know what, Lord, I'm done with this life. I just want to serve you. And the Bible says, if you do that, God will take your life, and he'll do something about it. There's so many promises in there that we're going to see a few here. But my challenge is get to that point of surrender. All the promises, all the provisions, all the protections are there. Getting close to God, there is a price to pay. You see, God, you want God to to be bigger in your life. The Bible says if God will increase, you must what? Decrease. There's a price. And the price is discipleship. The price is the cross. The price of discipleship is the cross. Getting to the point of fully surrender. In Jeremiah, the Bible says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. First one, the price of discipleship, and it is the cross. But I want to show you the promise of discipleship. Look with me the, to verse uh, 29. And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that hath left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands for my sake in the gospel. But look at this. But he shall receive an hundredfold. When? Now in this time, it says. When you... When you surrender, when you take up your cross and follow him, the Lord said there's a promise. And the promise is you're going to receive a hundredfold. Now in this time, houses, brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands. But look at this. When you follow the Lord, it's not always going to be easy. You're going to receive promises here. And one of the promises that it says here is with persecutions. Do you know that? when you choose to surrender, when you walk with God, and when you follow Him, there's just an enemy there. I, I remember with my wife just learning that we're going to Porcupine Plain, and the more we get closer to God, and you know what we notice? There's someone that's walking with us too. <laughs> I guess as a pastor, you'd be able to understand that, that there's just a target behind your back. Because now you're not just a follower, but you have come of, the, of you, you have become a, a disciple, and Satan is not is fine with the followers because there's no fruit, there's no power, but the power is in the disciples. 
So Satan would want to ruin those. He limits the followers, but you know what? The target is on the disciples. So it's with persecution, it says, and in the world to come, eternal life. So there are blessings, and that is a hundredfold now in this time and also in the world to come. And I really um, i am thankful of this church being able to support a bunch of missionaries. And when Pastor White said something about the hundred number this morning, I was like, yeah, because this church got to the point that, you know what, Lord, we're going to support missionaries. And now you can see you have your hundredfold. <laughs> and that's amazing. When Christ was on earth, there was a time to where um, he was teaching a multitude. It's actually in Mark 3. I'm just going to read to you, to you. There came then his brethren and his mother, and standing without. So Jesus' brethren and mother came. They were standing outside, and they sent him and calling him. And the multitude sat about him, and they sent to him, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren are outside without, sick of thee. And he answered, saying, Who is my mother or brethren? And you know what Jesus did? He looked round about on them which sat about him and said, Behold my father and my brethren. For whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and mother. So we see the prize of discipleship, and that is the cross. We see the promise, and that is actually the Christians. The Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. We see the prize, we see the promise, and we see here, the next one, the pattern of discipleship, and that is Christ. One thing about Christ is he won't ask you or he won't tell you something that he hasn't done. Think of Christ. He got to the point of surrender. He got to the point that he left his home in heaven just to come down. He left his father, the fellowship up there, that he can come down so that he can live a sinless and perfect life so that he can die for you and me. And it is the exact same principle that when Jesus Christ got to the point of surrender, which he did, he is the perfect example and pattern of discipleship. When he got to that point that he was able to bring a hundredfold, not just in his lifetime, but also in the age to come. So the pattern of discipleship is Christ. But what is the plea of discipleship? And this is the fourth point here, and it's found in verse 21. In the last part where it says, come, take up the cross, and follow me. The plea of discipleship is just in this one word, come. Twenty thirteen, I just made a decision, Lord, I'm just done with this life. I just want to serve you. What I did was I just came to him and said, You know what, Lord? Here's my life I've had. That's all you have to do. If you want to be a disciple of Christ, that's all you have to do. Is to just come and present yourself as a living sacrifice, saying, Lord, here's my life. Do something about it. Reese Howells didn't have much faith to, to just come to Christ. He got to the point that, Lord, just make me to be willing. <laughs> because he won't come. He, he's asking the Lord, Lord, just make, just make me to be willing just to come and serve you. I'm thankful that we're going to Porcupine Plain. I'm excited to go there. But the thing is this. Do you see that? Maple Ridge, uh, Port Coquitlam, New West, 
Burnaby, Vancouver, that's only Surrey here. Who's going to reach that? If only I can multiply myself. If Pastor can just multiply himself and just go out there, Pastor Devere, Pastor Tim, and Pastor Ivan, just multiply ourselves there. We, we can't do it. The, the, the way to get it done is, is through here. We have, all of us need to come to that point of, you know what, Lord, here's my life. Use it. This message is not just for young ones, but also for older ones. I have two illustrations, and I'm going to close. But I'll start with a positive, I guess, illustration. And it is about a layman in his, I think, late 40s. He got to this point. A layman. Not a pastor, not a missionary, not an evangelist, but a layman. That just learned to walk with God and live for God. Now he's teaching Sunday school with um, small kids and all of that. But whenever I'm around him, it's been so sweet. Because when you walk with, with a man that walks with God, you just know that they're walking with God. It just comes out. It's just naturally. They glow. And it amazes me what God can do with just a layman, a father, a husband, that is trying to raise his kids and also trying to be a blessing to the church. See, it's possible for a layman. This discipleship is not just limited to evangelists and all that with positions, but also for a church member. That's what the Lord wants. But also, a couple weeks ago, I met a man by the name of James. And I had asked him, asked him if I can share his um, testimony. James was a preacher's son, preacher's boy. Southern Baptist um, pastor's son. But the problem was his parents got into divorce. I don't know what happened in between. But I was asking him, so what, what happened? Actually, it didn't start there. I was just telling him how we're going to be missionaries to Porcupine Plain. And he opened up to me and said, you know what, Carl? I'm a mercenary. Not a missionary, but I am a mercenary. A mercenary is someone that gets hired to kill. They get paid so that they can accomplish the job that men wants them to do. And for, his, for this instance, he was telling me that a third world government would hire them and they would do the job that the government wants to do so that they don't look at the cardinals, or look, they don't look, the, the cardinals won't look at the government and blame them, but it, it would be the, the mercenaries, the hitmen, that will do the job for them. So I met this man, his name is James. And he opened up, and you know what he told me? Carl, on my list, I have 696 people that I have, get, that I have killed. 13 innocents. Wow, I've never met a man like that before. He opened up to me. Well, I was open to him, so I guess he opened up to me. And he said, I have killed 696 people and 13 innocent people. And he didn't want to kill the innocent people, but in, in, in battle, anything that moves that doesn't wear the same outfit that you don't know, you're dead, basically. And that's what he told me. And I asked him, how did you get to that point? 
And he said, um, my parents divorced. My dad was a Southern Baptist pastor. But I got to this point because, you know what? We had this, I guess, a conference before, and they raised money, support. But he saw the hypocrisy of the preachers. He saw the hypocrisy of the church members. He saw all of that to where he actually saw the preachers drinking. <laughs> Jack, Dan Jack Daniels, he said and also smoking. And for a young boy, he was less than 13 at this time, for, that, for this young boy, that just turned everything off. He vowed a vow to God saying, I'm never going to go into a church again. And his parents divorced. He was 13, and he was telling me that his mom was in Texas and had two boyfriends and sexually assaulted him. So he just grew bitter, and this happens for three and a half years. And then a neighbor found out what's happening in the life of James. And this neighbor, which is an ex-Navy, he took James in and trained him for three and a half years. So in, at 16 and a half years of age, James was out in the field doing just that, killing people. And you know what led him to that? It was the preachers. It was the church members. It was his father, the, the pastor. That did not walk with God. There's a verse in the Bible to where God said, don't be a stumbling block to the young ones. It is better for you just to... I, I don't know verse, but you know what it is, to, to just die in the water and just be behind. I'm, I'm butchering the verse, but same principle. The people became a stumbling block. So James became a mercenary. He was with a group of 53 men. He is the last man standing, he said. Most of them die in cancer. Most of them die in the battlefield because they can look back and everything is played in a slow-mo. But what he was telling me is this. It was the preachers. It was the church members. It was my father that did not walk with God. He told me he's saved. He tells me that he doubts his salvation. He knows the scriptures. I will walk through him with it. But he said, it's just hard because I can look back and I can see what I've done. What I'm trying to say, say and tell you is this. We need to get to the point of, you know what, Lord, here's my life. Have at it. Because people are watching. The young ones are watching. The lost ones are watching. Are we going to please God? What are we going to do? At this point, after Tom James, I just lost him. Meaning someone like that that just stumbled because you know what the Christians were not Christians in, in the New Testament the Christians came from the lost people saying you know what they're a Christian because they walk like Christ but now we get to this age that, to where we just stand up and say look I'm a Christian but we're not we're not acting like one ask him if I can share the, the testimony and he said it's fine 
So being a disciple is a serious matter. It is your option. It's not a law, but it is your option. And the promise is there. The cost is the cross. You have to go down. If God will increase, you must decrease. And there's a promise a hundredfold, the Bible says, in this time and also for the things to come. If you're going to be a disciple, there's persecutions. Guarantee that. Because persecutions are, are good. They just make you glow better. <laughs> and let God shine through you. The pattern is Christ. And the plea for discipleship is just to come. Let me end with this quote, and I'll just pass it to Pastor White. See, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And when we, you and I, are dying, how happy we'll be if our lamps are burnt out for him. Now, the call is the same. Would you come and just present yourself to Christ? It's a Sunday evening, so I know that I'm speaking to Christians most, most of the time. The ones that wants to grow, the, the people that wants to walk with God. Christ was very straightforward to the young man. And he said, you know what? Sell what you have. Come, take up the cross and follow me. And the challenge is the same tonight. Let's come and take up our cross and follow Christ. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.